Welcome to the Alpha Dude Podcast with Michael Pulser. What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. One of the biggest challenges that we face whenever you're dealing with anybody is the fact that we hate to be wrong. We all want our own agendas to be favoured and we want to make our own choices. And that's why we resist people who pressure us. Think about the salesman who pushes you. Think about someone who tells you you shouldn't do this, family member or otherwise. We all hate to be changed. Is it any wonder then why people fail when they're being told what to do? If you tell your child, do this, if somebody gives you orders, if someone makes requests of you, why is it that these things continue to fail time and time again? Remember the movie Inception. The whole premise of the entire movie is the fact that the guy had to think that the decision was his decision. That's why they worked so hard to implant it. They put the dream within the dream so it came up from within. And from there, he thought that the idea was his when it was actually implanted with inside him. Wouldn't it be amazing to have this skill, to be able to motivate people to make these changes, to have no resistance, to be able to ask people to do something, and bang, they go and do exactly what you've asked them to do. Well, that is what this episode is all about. When we talk about motivation and change, we have to ascertain where the person is, because if we try and push someone at the wrong stage, we will not get the right results. It's imperative that we understand where they are. And this is where we utilize the stages of change model. The stages of change include the pre-contemplative stage where people are not actually ready. And this is super important to understand when people are at this place because if you try and motivate somebody and they're not even ready, it's not on their radar, then you're wasting your time depending on your strategy. The contemplation stage, this is when you're getting the person ready or the person is getting themselves ready, I should say. And from this place, we have a little bit more to work with. The preparation stage where somebody's ready, maintenance and relapse, which we'll talk about later. So these are the stages of learning. How does this apply to motivation? In motivational interviewing, we look at the stages of change and where people are. And by creating a sense of cognitive dissonance, we can allow somebody to see where they are and what it means to them. In other words, why what they're doing is problematic. Once they understand it, like Inception, they can then start to make the changes. And from this powerful perspective, you start to get compliance. So let's use a generic example. Say somebody is drinking too much. If you go up to them and say, I think you should stop drinking, well, just look at the results. It probably won't work. The fact is you have to gauge where the person is. If they are in the ready-to-change phase, then all you have to do is offer some supports and uh, some counselling and some, some advice and Bob's your uncle, you're ready. But the fact is that if they're not in that stage, if they're not willing, which most people are not, then we start to engage this method. The first step is 
just being non-judgmental and not being agenda-driven. And that means that you just have to sit down, shut up, listen to the other person, really get the empathy happening. Following this, you start listening, and when you talk, which should be about 50% talking, 50% listening ratio, you ask open-ended questions. And when you do that, you can't be judgmental. You don't say things like, why do you think you should stop drinking? Maybe that might be useful, but a better way to talk about it would be, I understand that you have some concerns about your alcohol consumptions. Can you tell me about them? Then we use positive reinforcements, perhaps in the way of affirmations. This can be in the form of compliments or statements of understanding. And it basically builds rapport so that the process works a lot better together. So this is where you can say, well, I know that you've been struggling with this for a while and it's great that you've come to me for help. I think that it's great that you've also managed to cut down from drinking three bottles of wine a night to one bottle of wine a night. Whatever it is, you just make it so that you have that positive base to start with and that'll pay dividends as we move throughout the next stages. The next stages includes reflections. And this is rephrasing or getting the other person to talk about how they have described their problem. Once they do this, the cognitive dissonance starts to really build up. And then you can summarize. And summarizing the problem allows the person to really see the issues for what it is. Once you've gone through all of these initial stages, then we can start working with it. The key is to look strongly at that thing that I keep coming back to, and that's a cognitive dissonance. Once you've put the stone in their shoe, you can start looking at the irritation. Firstly, you can look at the disadvantages. So you can say, what do you think would be the long-term outcome if you continue this behavior, or the advantages? Imagine if you stopped, what would that look like to you? When you do this, you make sure that you go again from a positive point of view. So you can say that, what strengths do you have that would help you to change, rather than looking at their failures in the past? And you can also look at their intentionality to change. And looking at this, we can say, in what ways do you want to be different? And how would this make your life even better? The guiding principles is essentially, as I said before, find that stone in the shoe, find the irritation, and let the person work away at it. It's kind of like old Socrates. The way he did his questioning was asking questions of the person to get them to reflect on their position. Only from this position where they reflect on their thoughts and opinions and they have to defend them can they start to bring out reasonable arguments? And this is probably the best way in which people change their mind in both a debate setting, but also in a personal change setting. Once you've gone through all of these processes, it's really great if you have some sort of objective measure of how it's all going. And this is where you can introduce basic scales. So scores out of 10. You could start at the start and say like, how motivated are you to actually quit drinking? I just come back to this example, but you get the idea. And they might say a two or three. You go through the whole process 
and then you watch the number. And if the number increases, you're on the right path. Generally, once it starts to double, then you know that you've made cement-based changes. Because most people start off and they say, oh, one, two, or three. But once they start to double and particularly go over five, they start to reach tipping point where they move from that pre-contemplative stage to actually contemplation. And once they move into readiness, then you're really, really ready to make some real progress. This varies a little bit from the pop psychology way about persuasion. Now, if you've heard this podcast for a while, you know that I have immense admiration for Robert Cialdini and his principles of persuasion. But simply by invoking the laws of scarcity or the the shows of authority or these other things, people walk away and in the short term you can absolutely convince people to do things but in the long term it doesn't seem to create the long-term change that we look for as i said it always comes down to our human natures we have to be right we have to make the decision and we hate to be told what to do so in summary remember the principle based approach for motivation firstly expressing empathy, listening to the person, keep it at a 50-50 ratio between listening and speaking. Once you've really gained that rapport, you can move on to the next phase, and that's developing discrepancies, creating the cognitive dissonance between what the person actually wants, their goals or values, and their current behavior. Always remember to avoid argument and direct confrontation about any of these things. Make the other person see from their perspective the advantages and disadvantages, the long and short-term changes, what it means to the person. And from there, they will discover from within what needs to change. Next, you adjust to the resistance rather than opposing it directly. So as they talk about things, you don't say, yeah, you really need to change. You just let them talk about what needs to change and as they come up with different things you start to explore what they're talking about more and more and finally and this is something I haven't mentioned yet is that at the conclusion you look at supporting self-efficiency and making sure that everything's positive so if you're using this sort of technique on yourself this means that at the end of the process you walk away, you're motivated, you've got an idea that change is really possible and you take that in moving ahead. Or better yet, if you're working with somebody, you tell them not only that they can change, you show them examples of other people who have changed, you make it so that it's done through the things that they've described because they're actually teaching you and themselves how they need to change and they walk away with this degree of optimism that things will be okay. Now, from this perspective, it has large evidence-based research that is massively effective for changing a whole host of things. So if you're a coach and you're listening to this show, try and incorporate it into your practice. If you're a parent, try and incorporate it into your parenting. And if you're just listening for self-improvement, 
Think about the principles that I've talked about. Think about something that you really want to change deep down. Could be weight loss, could be career, could be sports, could be whatever it is. Choose something. Find that cognitive dissonance. Work it out through questionings. Once you get to the bottom of it, you will see logically what needs to change. The emotional response comes up with that as well. And then everything else will follow. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com.